Welcome back. This is The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, a podcast retelling of the story of the patriarchs of Scripture, which, practically speaking, helps us to get to know the one true God, Yahweh, for who He is, free from the preconceived notions and desires of the world. We've already seen amazing things about this God. He is sovereign, that is, He's in charge. He's faithful over and above our unfaithfulness. He's holy. He's unpredictable. He will do things that we, with our human ideas of what God should be like, think God would never do. Because we've discovered that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob does not think as we do. His timing, we've seen this all throughout Abraham and Isaac's story up until now, is nothing like ours. Can there be any doubt of this after all we have seen and read? But one thing is indisputable. This God is trustworthy. His timing, his plan is better than ours. He is Perfect. Are you ready for more? Here we go. In the last episode, we went almost through all of Isaac's life, which is a surprisingly short account in the Genesis narrative. Isaac's account turns into Jacob's very quickly. But today there is one last significant episode that we want to spend some time unpacking. In Genesis 27, we read of Isaac's blessing over Jacob. It is a very twisted and sort of sad story in a way. Here's what happened. Isaac is in his last days. He's blind. And he called Esau, the older son, to hunt for game and prepare him a meal that he may bless him before he dies. Now, Rebekah was listening and heard what Isaac had said to Esau. So she goes to Jacob and asks him to bring her some goats from the flock, and she will prepare a meal for Isaac just like Isaac likes it, that Jacob may bring that to Isaac so that the blessing may fall upon Jacob instead of Esau. Now Jacob, understandably, objects to this. Not because of the deception, really, but because he believes he'll get caught in the act. Behold, my brother Esau is a hairy man, he tells his mother in verse 11, and I am a smooth man, perhaps my father will feel me, And I shall seem to be mocking him and bring a curse upon myself and not a blessing. We should note here, as you measure your own words before this Yahweh God, that blessings and curses are a real thing. I know most people today take them as a joke or some sort of superstition. But this is not so. Do not be fooled. Especially if you're a believer, understand that the scriptures call us to speak truth. Let your yes be yes and your no be no, said Jesus in Matthew 5, 37. 
our Father in heaven hears us, and so we should be circumspective about our words, our promises to God and, and things like blessings and cursings flow out of what we speak into the things we face. This is a very profound truth, and we do not have the time to get into it here, but to note that we walk by the Spirit and should invoke these things then in the will of God, which brings us back to the story here. Because recall that the pronouncement of God had been made since the baby's birth. The older shall serve the younger. Remember also that Esau had already sold his birthright, this very blessing, if you will, for a plate of stew. That's how little he thought of it at the time. This is the reason why the writer of the book of Hebrews cautions us not to be like Esau who sold his birthright for a single meal. That's in Hebrews 12:16. So what is about to transpire here is happening under a mountain of context. But back to the story, Rebecca tells Jacob, let your curse be on me, my son, she tells him, and pleads with him to obey her in this scheme. So he does. The scheme is elaborate. She prepares the food, dresses him in his brother's garments, and even took the skin of goats and puts it on his hands and on the smooth part of his neck so that if Isaac touches him, he would feel the hairs like that of Esau's instead of Jacob. Very mischievous. Now, what is Rebecca trying to do here? Does this sound a little bit to you like Abraham and Sarah trying to help God keep his promise? We're not told why she's doing it, but we can sort of see that she might have held on to that prophecy from the twins' birth and favoring Jacob, she decides she needs to take action to make sure he's the one leading the family going forward. As we've already learned, God does not need our help to keep his promises despite what we might think, and there are always painful consequences for our unbelief. But Jacob takes the food to Isaac, who is a bit suspicious that he was able to hunt for game so fast. And when Isaac asks him about it, Jacob says he was able to find it, quote, because the Lord grant me success. An incredibly foolish thing to say, really. But this is what happens, and everyone listening knows this to be the case. You start lying, and the lies will have to continue and continue. Lying will bury you because it is never ending. So Jacob here will have consequences for what he is doing. You might have felt sympathy for him at first because he's being sort of forced by his mother into doing this, but you can see now how he is complicit, even to the point of invoking the Lord's name into the mix. Not good. So Isaac indeed reaches out to touch him, to confirm he is Esau, and he does feel the hair in his hand, and 
the back of his neck. Rebecca's plan with the goat skin is working. Isaac notices the voice is more like Jacob's too. So he asks him point blank, are you my son Esau? Jacob says, yes, I am. So Isaac eats the meal. The story later tells us he smells Esau's garments on Jacob and he's then ready to bless him. So starting on verse 27, he says, See, the smell of my son is as the smell of a field that the Lord has blessed. May God give you of the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let people serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's son bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. I hope you hear there then what had been promised again from the beginning. Jacob would be Lord over his brother. As soon as Jacob had left, Esau came in with his catch and the scheme is exposed. Isaac's words are important here because he asks, Who was it then that hunted game and brought it to me? And I ate it all before you came, and I have blessed him. Yes, and he shall be blessed. He shall be blessed, he says. He cannot take back the blessing he knows he has given through the Spirit to whoever deceived him. Of course, Jacob. Esau is distraught. Understandably so. The text says he cried out with an exceedingly great and bitter cry and said to his father, Bless me, even me also, O father. You can certainly understand how he's feeling. They, of course, realized that it was Jacob. The account tells us then that Esau hated Jacob because of it. Interestingly, he says Jacob had cheated him twice. But that is not quite true, is it? The first time, he willingly gave up his birthright, not anticipating the real-world consequences of undervaluing his position as the oldest. So he again asks Isaac, Have you but one blessing, my father? Bless me, even me also, my father. And he receives something. Isaac tells him, Behold, away from the fatness of the earth shall your dwelling be, and away from the dew of heaven on high. By your sword you shall live, and you shall serve your brother. But when you grow restless, you shall break his yoke from your neck. A sad pronouncement, certainly, but there is hope there. He shall break his yoke from his neck one day, but he will serve his brother, whom he now hates, He hates him so much that he in fact says, The days of mourning for my father are approaching. Then I will kill my brother Jacob. So as soon as his father dies and he will wait for the mourning period to pass and he intends to kill Jacob. Now Rebecca, when she hears this, she urges Jacob to flee to her brother's Laban's place in Haran. Until your brother's anger turns away from you and he forgets what you have done to him. That's her sort of plea to him. 
So here are the consequences of taking matters into your own hands and trying to manipulate God's will for your life and that of yours. Has God given you a promise regarding your life or that of your children? It is not up to you to bring those things about. It is up to you to trust God. For this will be a real loss for Rebecca. Her son will indeed leave for her brother's house and not return until he is married with kids. It will actually be 21 years before these brothers reunite. We will continue to tell that story, but it is worth pointing out here now because the consequences of our own belief are real. Jacob will at once lose not only his father, but his mother also and his brother for the foreseeable future. He will carry this burden with him as he continues in his journey. Interestingly, we are not told in the scriptures precisely when Rebecca dies. We are told only in Genesis 49.30 that her remains were eventually buried at the cave of Machpelah near Mamre along with Abraham and his wife Sarah. So it is possible, perhaps even likely, that Jacob never saw his mother again. And if he did, as mentioned, it's going to be a long time where Jacob is going to go and get married and have children. And all that will be a hard consequence of their choice to deceive Isaac. We'll get into the story of Jacob more in detail next time. But for now, let us notice that God's plans, the plans of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, cannot be derailed. Even when we act contrary to his principles, he will redeem our actions, and they too will work to bring about his purposes for our lives. How patient is this God who puts up with all our tomfoolery and lovingly waits for our understanding? As with Abraham, Jacob's life will be redeemed. He is not cast off because of his mistakes. God will fulfill the promise of Abraham through him, and he will learn to trust in the God of his father and grandfather. Therefore, we need not be distraught or disheartened because of the mistakes that we have made in our lives. For we have studied the scriptures, and we know that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is not a God of rancor, but a God of love patience and understanding towards his people. Now he will teach us, no doubt about that. So we will feel the painful consequences of our actions, but he will see us through all of them and teach us to trust him more fully until the fullness of time has passed when his purposes will unravel in our lives completely. We can trust him. But we will get into that next time when the God of Jacob emerges. You won't want to miss it. Shalom. I will put my trust in God who alone knows my makeup. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob.